The Fire Brigade is one of the few institutions that still operate in Tripoli, Libya, after a coalition of armed groups proclaimed they were setting up a rival government. Now, despite being a major oil producer, a major fuel shortage has led the city's inhabitants to use petrol generators. Tripoli's Fire Brigade is dealing with the inevitable results. By filming the firemen at work, unreported world's Shea Rhodes gained a vivid snapshot of life in a disintegrating country. Tripoli is a city under siege. In August, a coalition of armed groups known as Libya Dawn stormed the city and proclaimed a new government. But other armed groups, aligned with the elected government, are now counter-attacking. It's my third night in Tripoli and I'm getting used to the fact that every night around 9 o'clock, the gunfire and the explosions start up. But every night they seem to be just that little bit closer. We're with the night shift at Tripoli's main fire station. Most foreigners have left because of the fighting and because some groups in the Libya Dawn militia hold extreme Islamist views. Living with the fire brigade gives us the chance to see life in Tripoli and get some protection from kidnap. We can hear you clearly. Go ahead. Shift supervisor Abdelazak is called by fighters on the edge of the city. What are you hearing? There's a pile of burning tyres in the street, but there's a problem. There's a gun battle. The militia want Abdul's men to deal with the burning tyres because their enemies, a rival militia, are hiding behind the smoke. We're waiting to hear more about the fire before we can move. Someone's been shot. Since Libya's revolution, Abdul has got used to dealing with militia groups. He has no intention of allowing his men to be used as pawns in a battle. So normally when there's gunshots in an area, do you wait until it's died down before you go? We don't go. It has to stop first. People are getting killed in gun battles. He stalls the militia for an hour until they stop calling. Another call comes in, this time from a local shopkeeper. His business is burning down. I think we're going. Fighting causes constant power cuts, and that's leading to fires. Firemen have just found the cause of this fire. It's a petrol generator. This one was inside the building in an enclosed space. That's what causes them to overheat and eventually start a fire. Many of the younger firemen joined the service after the revolution. Instead of becoming part of a militia, they wanted to remain neutral and help the city. I can't believe what these guys have to deal with. They've got a massive crowd there. They know there's probably a tank of petrol in there that was connected to the generator which started the fire. And then you've got militia turning up as well. This place is crazy.
Back at the station, Abdul tells me about his previous life as a champion weightlifter. Let's see. Oh, well, you've been there. There's a book here, I tell you. Oh, wow. How many kilos? We are big. 140 kilos. What's the most, what's the most you ever lifted? Just me or Khamsa Uthmanin. 185. Was that African record or? Yeah. It's impressive, right? <laughs> so you're always telling him he's old man, old what's man. That? Look at, look, look at the young man. Yeah. That was his time. It's our time now. <laughs> Have some respect for this man's achievement. <laughs> Abdul lived through Gaddafi's brutal police state. But then the country was rich and ordered. Today, it's chaos. But he's confident in his team. <laughs> We don't feel fear. We are peaceful men. Everybody sticks together. Next morning, and a new team comes in. Mohammed is a shift supervisor. The firemen tell me that Tripoli's people are becoming frustrated and angry. People attack us. Yes, with weapons and ammunition. A woman died in a house fire and her children accosted us. They started shooting at us. It's not long before we're back in the fire engine, trying to reach a fire in downtown Tripoli. There's a lull in fighting, so everyone's trying to get their business done. So much traffic. You don't have a light? We don't have a siren in this engine. And a siren's not all they're missing. We have no equipment, no helmets, no oxygen, nothing. Really? Just the hose and overalls. Ah, sounds like it. So much traffic. We arrive to find a sauna on fire. There's an oil tank inside the building that could explode. The roof has half collapsed and the rest could come down at any moment. Check this out, this is diesel. I start to see what the firemen mean about their kit. They fight fires like this wearing nothing but T-shirts. And they're not expecting to get better equipment anytime soon. Aim below the tank. Get that camera out of here or I'll smash it. The sight of our camera provokes a violent reaction from the sauna owner. He tries to attack us with a brick. Move, move. It's like the front line of a war zone here. Throughout Gaddafi's rule, Libyans were taught to mistrust all Westerners. And even though the West helped overthrow Gaddafi, the sentiment remains. Supposed to show how volatile this country is. The crowd here is incredibly hostile, and all it took was the sign of Westerners with a camera. Get out, get out. Five men have managed to put this fire out, and interestingly, they're just as quick to get out of here as I am. The team are now halfway through their 24 hour shift. 
So what are you guys doing? We are discussing the current situation. Most of them expect that fighting between the two rival governments and their militia allies will get much worse. It hurts that our country is an oil-producing country. We are the richest country with the poorest people. We didn't benefit during the last regime either. If we were benefiting from our oil, do you think the fire service would be in the state it is? It wouldn't be like this. It would be better. Seriously, do you think firemen should be wearing this? Libya's central bank still pays state employees like firemen, but they don't know how much longer that will last. We went on strike for two months, but no one noticed. Nobody even looked. called to a fire at a base for three of the armed groups that make up the Libya Dawn militia. Stop them! Stop them! As we get close, a militia fighter jumps onto the fire engine and directs it through the traffic. Slowly does it. Since the revolution, around 300 different militia groups have formed in Libya. Their loose alliances are based on tribal loyalties as much as religious ideology. We arrive at the base. We are one of three militia groups here, Mushtarika, El Asima and Tuke El Asama. The dust is coming up and causing allergies. The firemen realise they've been tricked. We were told there was a fire here. This is a militia compound and they want us to dampen down the dust. There is no fire. The militia are throwing their weight around, reminding the firemen who's in charge. It's a false alarm. We wouldn't normally comply, but because they're powerful, we can't confront them or say no. It's best if you go back to the station. It's a humiliating situation for the firemen. We shouldn't leave the fire station for something like this. We've just been asked to leave this place because obviously the militia are a little bit jumpy about having cameras around. They're not jumpy about having the firemen around though. They quite like to get this sand problem under control because apparently some of them suffer from allergies. So they've got the fire service out to spray the sand, keep it from blowing up in the air. For the fire service, they're in the same position as everybody else here in Tripoli. There is no law and order. The militia are the only people in charge and they've got the guns. So you do what you're told, just like everybody else. We head back to the fire station through neighbourhoods scarred by three years of fighting. Although there's one place that's fared worse. After 42 years of dictatorship, Gaddafi was toppled by a people's revolution. I'm standing in the remains of Gaddafi's palace and you can see that it was once a very grand place. It's a huge boulevard of trees as you come into it and I'm told there used to be beautiful white camels all over the place and he had obviously his Bedouin tent set up 
you can see just how angry everybody must have been. They've come in here and they've not just destroyed the place, they've tried to leave absolutely no trace of it whatsoever. And now it's just sitting here like a scar on the city's conscience. The only physical reminder that the man ever existed. It's the first time we've filmed without the fire brigade. And within minutes, there's a problem. Come over here. A man calls me over. Inglesi, Britannia. He gets straight on the phone, and it's not sounding good. I think they're with the British or American intelligence services. Should I hand them over to the militia? Do you have a permit? I don't want IDs. You don't want to see the card. As well as Islamist groups, there are plenty of criminal gangs in Libya, including within the militia, and we don't want to end up getting kidnapped. We need to hand these guys to the militia. The man isn't armed, so we leave while we can. Let's get moving. It's just that uncertainty for people. There's one militia one week, another militia the other week. They don't know who's on which side, and... Frankly, they all just want to be on the right side. And as far as they're concerned, that means you report anything suspicious. Back at the station, the firemen aren't surprised to hear what's happened to us. They're deeply disillusioned themselves. Democracy disappeared ages ago. There is no democracy now. Gaddafi or the new guys, it's all the same. This revolution is a sham. We thought it was our revolution, but it's backfired on us. At the beginning it was perfect, but now it's all gone. Weapons rule at the moment. We are ruled by the gun. What about the police? There is no judiciary, no law, nothing. Our conversation catches the attention of the new shift supervisor, Ahmed. Please stay off the subject of politics. As a fireman, you can't speak about this. If people don't agree, they will come in here with a gun and shoot us. Even if you are innocent, you can be accused. One of the firemen, Ali, is spending his time between calls painting the fire station. What colour is this going to be? White. White or white? This is the face of the fire service. You've got to keep it looking good. This is our job. We all sleep and work here. If I don't do it, who will? Outside labour costs money. So this is why this is why everyone in the fire station says that you're so active. It's not only me, the others do it too. Ali, you say that. But right now, everybody else is playing PlayStation and smoking Nagila. Ali is 24 and lives with his parents. He moonlights as a taxi driver to supplement his meagre firefighter's wage. I join him as he takes a passenger across town. What do you do for a living? I'm a taxi driver and I work for the state as a fireman. 
You have two jobs and it's still difficult to build a future. Inflation is up and salaries haven't been paid. Tomorrow I have to queue at the bank to get paid. I queue everywhere, the bakery, the petrol station. The petrol shortage is a big problem. All over the city there are mile-long queues of cars waiting for petrol. Fights often break out. It's $6 a tank, if you can wait, or $100 on the black market. Yesterday the electricity went off for 12 hours, can you believe it? One time we were without it for a day and a half. Seriously, a day and a half. Some areas are without it for two days. These days you need a gun to get petrol. The power crisis is the result of all this militia infighting. And it's the poor citizen who is suffering. That evening, there's another power cut. It lasts all night. The firemen want me to understand the reason for the power crisis. So they send me to another fire station, this one at the city's fuel depot. We're heading towards the Brega oil depot, which serves the whole of Tripoli and the surrounding area. Just over a month ago, the depot was caught in the middle of heavy fighting and was actually hit, which resulted in a huge cloud of black, acrid smoke over the whole city. This footage from the time shows the scale of the fire. It happened as Libya Dawn's forces stormed into the city. The firemen at the Brega station led the attempts to put out the blaze helped by colleagues from across Tripoli. To put out eight burning oil tanks at the same time was impossible. No firefighter on earth could control eight burning tanks at the same time. One fireman, Ashraf, tells us that his mother could see the flames from her house. She thought her son was going to die. She texted me this message. Goodbye, my son. May God protect you and your companions. Then I switched off my phone and began to tackle the fire. She must be very proud. Of course, of course. <laughs> my wife never calls me when I'm at work. She doesn't miss you. She's praying you'll die. The firemen take me to see what remains of the depot. Amazingly, no one died. Somebody must have been watching over you guys. Day after day, we witnessed the whole battle. Both sides accuse each other of firing the Grad rockets that destroyed these oil tanks. It seems they were willing to let Tripoli burn in order to rule it. Now that I'm up here, I'm starting to get a sense of just how much damage has been caused. This would have cost the Libyan people billions of dollars. And there's a whole system in place of deliveries and collections, feeding all the people around here. And it's all gone. This is still a very sensitive site for the militia. They're still here. Some militiamen arrived at the gate asking who we were and, and what we're doing here. As a result, some of the firemen have become a little bit jumpy. The firemen speak with the militia, who eventually leave. But we've been drawing too much attention to ourselves. 
Next morning, and the men are back out on call. A car is on fire. For the firemen, each new militia brings new rules. The latest is they must have a militia escort. The minutes tick by. Don't shout at me. After ten minutes of waiting, we finally got our escort. It's a guy in a Toyota in front of us, wearing some kind of military fatigues. He's going to escort us to where this fire is. Looks like it's been dealt with. So these guys put the fire out themselves. Does that happen a lot? The owner of the car put it out himself. It often happens. It's been a frustrating call-out for the firemen. You can have the car for 500 dinar. <laughs> Fuel is as much an issue for the fire brigade as for everyone else in Tripoli. We're just stopping to get diesel. Mohammed is taking the fire engine to a petrol station, reserved for emergency vehicles. You're such a saint. But no sooner do we get there than a row breaks out between Mohammed and the official in charge. The problem is because of the diesel. He says this vehicle was filled up yesterday. We went here yesterday and the truck wasn't refuelled. Corruption is a problem in war-torn Libya and Mohammed is being accused of siphoning off petrol to sell for profit. He's outraged. This is a work vehicle. It's not for my personal use. It's for work. Enough, please. You're making us all look bad. It's not like I'm taking it home with me. I need it to work and you know this. Enough, please. Just get lost. Mohammed gets his fuel. But every day, the firemen are finding it harder to operate. <laughs> Libya Dawn and its opponents are each threatening to intensify the battle for Tripoli. This modern and once wealthy city is slowly sliding into a chaotic and darker future. Ever since all the fighting, the bin men aren't really working, so people have started piling up the rubbish and burning it. Since the revolution, there are no migrant workers left. The rubbish collection company has stopped working. The UN Secretary-General Ban Ki-moon recently warned that the whole country is in deep crisis and that unless violence stops immediately, a better life for Libyans will be a distant dream. One of the firemen walked around the corner and just found an unexploded rocket. This goes to show what people in Tripoli are dealing with right now. The need for Tripoli's firemen may soon be greater than ever. 
The Unreported World podcast accompanies the critically acclaimed Channel 4 television series. Explore more by visiting channel4.com slash unreportedworld. Finally, get involved in Unreported World by joining the debate on Twitter and Facebook. Until next time, from me, Krishnaguru Murthy, goodbye. <laughs>